Hello and welcome to the latest Liverpool Blood Red podcast with me, Ian Doyle. Joining me today is not our full-time Liverpool reporter, James Pearce, both home and away. He's away. However, I do have Andrew Kelly with me, our ILFC editor. Hello, Andy. Hi, Ian. You OK? And also, I have Christian Walsh. Hello. Hello, Ian. Now, I was sat here two days ago with Paul Gorst and Neil Jones, and we were discussing the fact that it had emerged that Virgil van Dijk had decided that he wanted to join Liverpool. Uh, two days later, and Liverpool are issuing a statement saying that they have withdrawn the interest in the player. It's an astonishing series of events. I think it's fair to say that most of us are shocked. I mean, can't speak for either of you two, but I've been covering you know, football for nearly 20 years now, and I can't remember anything quite like this. It's certainly unprecedented in, in that scale. I suppose as, as just football followers, you can't really remember anything like that, I would have thought. I mean, transfers come and go, aren't they? But on, on, on such a sort of... Um... Mayor culpa from Liverpool as well, having to issue a formal apology to another club, which we'll come to. It it is, as you say, an, an astonishing night in in you know in the one hundred twenty five year history of Liverpool Football Club. It has to be almost the worst case scenario if, if you think about how when news came of Southampton reporting Liverpool to the Premier League, everybody just assumed. I think that okay, it might drive up the price a little bit. It might make it a little bit more of a protracted wrangle than than anyone would have hoped for. To think that you know, thirty-two hours later, thirty-six hours later, that Liverpool will be issuing a statement and saying this is this is it. Yeah. So it's let's unbelievable. so let, I mean, let's get into the facts of it. And Christian, just you've got the statement in front of you. I do. I have the statement. It says a Liverpool Football Club would like to put on record our regret over recent media speculation regarding Southampton Football Club and player transfers between the two clubs. We apologise to the owner, board of directors, and fans of Southampton for any misunderstanding regarding Virgil Van Dijk. We respect Southampton's position and can confirm we have ended any interest in the player. Now, Ian, to me, that is a statement that was not drafted by Liverpool Football Club. It was <laughs> a statement that was drafted by Southampton Football Club. Or, or at least Liverpool and Southampton. Liverpool and yeah. Southampton. And that that makes it... Pretty, as we know, this statement was released on the club website um, around about 7 o'clock. I think it was uh, 7 on the seven dot. On the dot um, and with no... Prior warning or or anything else, it was there. It's there in all its stark entirety on 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 the official website of Liverpool Football Club, um, and to me, I think what Christian's alluded to uh, in his earlier comments, this is clearly a, a huge reaction U-turn uh, based on Southampton's um, fury over over Liverpool's. Um, Belief that the player was going to come to Anfield and um, complaint to the Premier League and and the possibilities of what that complaint could have led to for the club and potentially Jurgen Klopp, which we'll discuss, I think are the fundamentals behind this decision. I mean, we'll come to that in a minute. I mean, Christian, the interesting thing is the fact that it's, as you mentioned, it was this morning that stories were coming out from presumably the South Coast that... It did seem as though Southampton would use this as a kind of a bargaining tool. You know, they were talking about the price being 65, 75 million. But for this to happen, it's it's something's happened, hasn't it? Something has happened whereby there's all in these transfers. There's always these grey areas. Some boundaries being crossed. And I think Liverpool have massively stepped back from it and just not so much washed the hands of the player, but I, f- I feel just like thought, no. I feel like they've they've obviously in Southampton's mind overstepped the line, which has caused Liverpool to. Know, take five steps right back behind it. It feels to me as if it's it's a strange one because Southampton and Liverpool have got a, a working relationship. When you think about how many deals have been done between those two clubs over the past five years, 
you, you would imagine that there is normally a decent working relationship between those two clubs. I'm going to say quite a lot's changed though at Liverpool, hasn't it? There's, well, been, there's this, been some, some this is change in that personnel. We'll, this and, is something and, that we'll get onto, I'm sure. It's just, it's a shock in the sense that, let's face it, what, what they are uh, accusing Liverpool of is something that a lot of clubs, I'm sure, would be happy to say in private that's what they do. You see what I mean? You, you, you look at something like, let's take Romelu Lukaku here, we don't know the ins and outs of it, but Romelu Lukaku's on international duty at the moment, saying he's spoken to V Club. Now, V Club is not Everton. V Club could be Chelsea or Manchester United. And no fee has been agreed with... Because this is the thing about Van Dijk. People, you know, the suggestions, hang on, Southampton is saying Liverpool haven't spoken to us, we've no fee agreed with them, we don't want to sell the player and he's staying with us. Um, and Everton presumably could, could tick the box on all, every one of those things as well. Um, I mean, that, that no that, one that... Has, has spoken to them and no fee agreed yet Lukaku uh, comes out and says what he was and there's the nub of it essentially most transfers happen this way most transfers happen with a player or his representatives um, finding out whether there's interest in them in a certain club discussion having broad discussions with them about you know, and at some point, then the two clubs get together and, and agree a fee. Which so, would, to me would say that yes, something has happened here. Well, I was going to say that if that does happen all the time, then what on earth has happened here? Have Liverpool are they guilty of basically not being smart enough, of being too well, naive, of not knowing the proper ins and out the protocol of you know the, the particular boundaries that you can go to? Liverpool are a multi-million pound organisation. I can't put it down. I, I, I can't. For the life of me, believe you can put it down to anything to do with naivety. I, th- I think arrogance, they may have. Then? Arrogance. But I think Southampton see it as arrogance mm. to, to suggest because they clearly feel that you know Liverpool believe they're getting the player, and Southampton have gone. Hang on a minute, and, and I suspect at the Southampton end they've had a haven't well, had the best reaction from say, their let, supporters. Let's, let's let's look at it from from our point of view. Not saying that we were arrogant, but we obviously did the pod, you know, literally hours after it emerged that. Van Dijk had told Liverpool that he wants to go to Liverpool. But that's only because we're so used to... Once a player decides, it always happens. That play, the player, it's player, very rare for... The player power is such that it's very rare for players who, if they want to go, they end up going. Especially yeah. somebody who... I mean, Southampton aren't daft. They must have known. He's not played since, I think it's January, isn't January. it? January. They would have been talking with him. They would have, you know, he did only sign a new six-year contract last year. But they'll have seen all this speculation and... You know, Man City after him, Chelsea after him, and I, I, and I still Arsenal as well. And I still think the most unlikely scenario that will come out of this is that Virgil Van Dijk starts in a Southampton shirt next season. Um, for all their pontificating that you know we want to keep the player, blah blah blah, we'll, we'll we'll have to wait and see how it plays out. But we have a situation where normally, if a player wants to leave a club and has decided he wants to go somewhere, it it happens, and so. Southampton clearly were, were were frustrated, annoyed, infuriated, angry um, about not just potentially Liverpool, you know, apparently haven't had an, an agreement from the player, but potentially that that in their view that there'd been illegal contact, um, and we we discussed you and I in on on a video yesterday about what illegal contact was, and essentially if if you know if you haven't got written permission from Virgil van Dijk's contracted club Southampton to speak to him or to speak to his representatives. Um, there is a grey area because the, the legislation talks about 
in order to negotiate a transfer. So you can have a meeting if you're just having a chat about how much we admire you as a player, etc., etc. You know the old uh, Alec Ferguson tactic, yeah, yeah. and then you know you, that's a grey area we can get round. But I don't think Liverpool could take a chance in this scenario where the complaint that they could argue that any contact that was made with Van Dijk um, was, you know, this sort of the lesser end of it and was within this grey area because of the fact that it would be strike two for them. And this is where we talk about the fact that Liverpool this year already pleaded guilty to tapping up and and that's what you know that's what it is. That was a twelve year old from Stoke City, wasn't it? Twelve year old from Stoke, and Liverpool pleaded guilty to that. Now there were a specific set of circumstances which you could argue made that an unlucky scenario for Liverpool. Um, people can read all about that case on the Echo website, but nevertheless, they have a, a two year ban, one year but suspended from signing young players from any other English academies, uh, and the fact I think where Liverpool to have been found in breach. Again, your second strike, I think that probably is likely to see um, an exacerbation of the penalty. And we know the penalties can be significant fines, which is the least of your worries, really, I think. But also a possible transfer ban. And with a club about to embark or going back into the Champions League, that's just not something they could take a risk on. And we don't want to speculate, of course, because we, we, we don't know for sure. But I, I'll put uh, my house on that being the case and the fact that Liverpool are absolutely 100% concerned about ramifications such as a transfer ban because you think back to Christian Zieger, um, obviously a lot, a lot has changed in football over the past 17 years but you know they got found guilty of that I believe and, and it moved on. I think didn't Robbie Keane, I think Robbie Keane was another scenario and, and they donated some, some money to charity. This is a, a whole different level of, of Liverpool saying We've messed up. I mean, even the, the way the statements were, as we said, you know, it it, it comes from Southampton slash Liverpool. That clearly, it's so grovelling, isn't it? It's so it's so, it's so embarrassing. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's it's cap in hand. We're really sorry about this. Tails between legs, and that is so damaging for a club of Liverpool's reputation. When, when this kind of thing has happened before, and it's not unprecedented for clubs to apologise to other clubs, whether that be in terms of a statement or a word being said publicly, but for Liverpool to then come out and say categorically say that they've ended the interest in, in the player. That's what I think is the most unusual thing mm. because there were, would be some people, if that wasn't there, that line in the in the statement, there would be some people who would go, well, they're just saying this, you know, and they're going to use it as a, as a bargaining tool. And they'll come back. Some people are still over. saying that. And, and we've got to, don't forget, there's the player involved here because yeah. he had obviously decided he wants to go to Liverpool. Now it looks like he can't. So he could have taken the decision to agitate for a move hand in a transfer request, say I don't really want to play, this, that and the other. And Southampton, obviously, they'd have to deal with that their own way. This they is difficult because, because, because some Liverpool fans would suggest I'd want them to do that and let's get them out of there and get them the to thing us. Is, is that but we have to look at it from... That's essentially, probably to a lesser extent, and not playing the silly games through his agent, but that's essentially what Raheem Sterling did at Liverpool, didn't he? You know, OK, he came up with 13 different reasons for, for leaving Liverpool, didn't he? And it changed every week. But essentially, Raheem Sterling wanted out of Liverpool and got and got out. Now Southampton are likely to have, at the moment, a very angry Virgil van Dijk. If he wanted to come to Liverpool, we know he did. 
if if there's a scenario now where Liverpool have had to leave him high and dry, then they're going to have a very angry player on their hands. And I can't see that relationship soothing over. So then you look at where does he go? Well, if you're him, you can't possibly ever go to Liverpool, I thought, because as you just said, then he's been left high and dry. Unless, unless there's a scenario for Southampton and him where Chelsea have seen a player who wanted to go to Liverpool and Manchester City have seen a, a player who wanted to go to Liverpool. Manchester City made virtually public, but basically brief Manchester-based journalists this week that their interest had ended and he was never on their A-list of players. It seemed very difficult for me, <laughs> for them for them to go, oh, no, actually, that list, and, he's and back on And obviously, it. we've since learned that Arsenal were interested and had met with the player, apparently. Well, you know, we've got to be careful, but potentially... Um, and that's where we, the other problem for Liverpool came in, the possibility of Jurgen Klopp becoming embroiled in a very messy situation. We know that Southampton seem to have been briefing journalists uh, around the South Coast yesterday about a possible meeting with, with, with Jurgen Klopp, between Jurgen Klopp and, and Van Dijk. We don't know if that, if that happened or not, but um, that scenario um, for Liverpool of both the club entering a, a sort of a process that could lead to a transfer ban and their their manager a manager who who you know has a huge standing in the game being possibly dragged through the mud over it i think that's a scenario that liverpool just had to walk away from it and the only way they would come back in and i think it's highly unlikely but is if southampton and van dyke's relationship has deteriorated to the extent that he has to leave um there's not many teams in the world who can afford them um, and they're probably mostly in the Premier League and he probably can't go to Manchester City now because they've ended their interest um, Chelsea could still be a possibility and, and maybe maybe Arsenal but, it, the, but Arsenal, both, will be, Arsenal will be very unlikely if what we've read is true uh, yeah exactly so there is there is a very very slim outcome where Southampton and Van Dijk both agree mutually like look it's better for us that we get over all this and you just end up going, we're going to have to give Liverpool a ring again and say, actually, um, we appreciate the apology and everything else, but um, we don't think Virgil can stay here and we'll even, move on. Even if that does happen, though. Even it's if very, that, very even, unlikely. It, it, that, that could happen, because let's face it, up until a couple of hours ago, we'd never have thought this would happen. But even if that does happen, it doesn't detract from the fact that somewhere along the line here, Liverpool have got things incredibly wrong, haven't they? Most definitely. I mean, it, it, it's. I don't know where, I don't know why, I don't know how, but I'm not quite sure. You you alluded to before. There's been a lot of change in, in you know the backroom staff and, and that sort of thing. It's not. Don't know enough of the facts personally to attribute blame to anyone at the moment. Um, but it, it's clear that somewhere down the line that they've tried to be a bit too cute, a bit too clever, perhaps in in, in maybe trying to get out. Chelsea and Manchester City get them out the way and possibly be the only sole bidder for, for Virgil van Dijk. I think that's I think Christian's hit the nail on the head there. I think in potentially efforts to to clear the, the field so so that they weren't involved in a bidding war with others. Um you know, there was the scenario of of, of, of the player apparently letting him it be known that he wanted to come to Liverpool. So and that had the desired effect of City withdrawing. And there was, you know, there was no not a peep out of Chelsea yesterday. They've not said a word about it. Though, so, they? No, the to be fair. So, and you know, and, and if they pop up as the as the as the sort of Van Dyke uh, 
saviour saviour then everyone will say oh Chelsea have done it right and you know, they may well be right um, but um, yeah in an effort that they didn't get into a bid and war saved themselves potentially 10, 15, 20 million added on to the price if you've got people bidding in an auction uh, and whereas Liverpool wanted a scenario where they were the only club in town for Van Dijk and Southampton had to negotiate on that on that basis and that looks to have, looks to have cost them. Whose fault it is is going to be an interesting one. I'm waiting for the first person. I'm sure they're probably already out there. I haven't checked who blames Ian Eyre. Uh, <laughs> um, sorry, clearly all you can do in situations like this time is 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 laugh, isn't it? But I mean, we know we know that the new chief executive Peter Moore doesn't have transfers within his remit. So it's still it's still for him. It's incredibly embarrassing, isn't it? He's, it's, he's barely been in the job for a week, and while. Obviously, as you just mentioned, then it's not under his remit. There's an awful lot of people who think it will be. Exactly. I'm sure he's not going to be the first to jump out and say, oh, it's not my fault. Um, but I think we can only impart the information we had. And it was very clear, um, both on the unveiling of Michael Edwards as sporting director and in the unveiling as Peter Moore, as new CEO, that, that, that the responsibility for transfers laid um, with Michael Edwards. Now... Um, Michael Edwards, has, you know, you would think has may well have done a lot of good work in getting Liverpool this far down the line with Van Dijk, and the scenario that's unfolded, which seems to have forced him to step away from it, we don't know exactly whose whose fault that was, or indeed if if it was down to it, potential forces, out, even outside the club, um, and. Yeah, well, no, no. I mean, I, I think it's a fair point in the sense that you know, let's not. I'm not. Let's face it. People are going to be asking this question, aren't they? I'm not. I'm not going to. Yeah, who's I'm, to blame? I'm, yeah, yeah well, that I'm, is the next question. And I'm not blaming Liverpool. Like, oh, here, can I just put that on record? But you know, Sam Hampson obviously opened their papers on Tuesday morning. Back page of, of our newspaper said, you know, <laughs> they're doing well to open our newspaper. Well, <laughs> but you know, Virgil is, you know, Virgil is go. You know, it's it's, and I think that's what sort of annoyed them is the fact that it was pretty much the lead story on all the sports news on on the Monday night, and and I and I feel that. That is what is has caused this this scenario. We talk about sorts of external factors. I think it's. But it's, you would it's, you would think sixty million, sixty million or fifty million pounds gets, you know, that helps you put your pride. I was going to say this, that we always say that every player's got a price. Yeah. And you would imagine that that would be Virgil Van Dijk's price. Now we've gone back to what you were saying before about who's to blame. There's been lots of buses parked at Anfield over the last few months. Is there going to be somebody thrown under one? Do you think, or do you think that's going too far? I think it would be impo- it's genuinely impossible for us to know because you need to know the process of events and who made a decision to do whatever they did, who did what. I'll, I'll rephrase the question because okay. that wasn't very fair. Do you feel as though this is the kind of the gravity of this particular situation that if somebody, something does happen in that respect, people may not be as surprised? I, I, I think people wouldn't. I think people. Yeah, I think people wouldn't be surprised. If if blame was laid and there's an action was yeah. taken, yeah. and maybe not a scapegoat in the sense that scapegoat suggests that someone that they they're don't. not that, yeah. they, that that they that it's unfair. It may well be fair that somebody has this laid right down in front of them, but we we don't without knowing the internal machinations of Liverpool Football Club and anyone out there who isn't within those. You know what used to be called the transfer committee, but anyone who's who's not within those walls and knows how this played out, um, 
they're they're all guessing and anyone who sees anyone else out there saying different they're wrong um but it i do think it's i mean Ian, you wrote a comment piece yep. tonight um where you know you called this one of the most embarrassing moments in the club's 125 year history and and i think I mean, I think embarrassing is the I think is the right word because it's they may end up you know there's some suggestion that the FA aren't even going to pursue Southampton's complaint of a possible illegal approach now. Uh, so in terms of actually damaging, in a physical sense, it's it's not going to be that bad. Yeah. But in terms of the reputation and you know it's embarrassing, isn't it? It's humiliating. Yeah. It's, they, they've had to, as Christian said, they've had to grovel to a. Go down the hands and knees to and to That's no disrespect to Southampton, but yeah. to And this is a team that, as again, Christian said before, is that they've had so many dealings with in the past couple of years, but things have changed. People have moved around. I mean, Southampton, obviously, they've got a few other things on the mind. They might be but, getting rid of the manager yeah. at the moment. So, but, Without wishing to... I think you have to descend into humour, but this is the first goal Liverpool have scored against Southampton <laughs> this season, and it's a <laughs> giant goal. Own goal. <laughs> um, and I don't, you know, it, it makes it, a note of that. <laughs> but, you know... I know that fans listening to this won't want us to even be thinking about having a laugh about the situation. It, it just feel it's everyone it's, it's will ludicrous, be, isn't it? It's ludicrous. And also, everyone knows that, with very few exceptions, I did see a few exceptions actually when this broke and some people said I didn't, I didn't want them anyway. But oh, most of us... Yeah. No, genuinely, that those people are, are out there and they're not, they're not... Yeah, everyone has a different view of a player. I'm glad but, you... Sorry. All I was going to say is that... Most of us were just really looking forward to seeing a very good player who fits exactly what Liverpool need, athletic centre-back who can do almost anything in, you know, as a defender in, in that you know, cracking new strip next, next the, season. The, the, and I, I, That's the bit that disappoints me most as a football fan. The, there is a reason why all this has happened and that's because Liverpool were desperate to get him. Yeah, so, Liverpool were desperate to get him because they know he's perfect, I, I, I think. And you know we did outline a scenario earlier where it could, it could, maybe still happen. But I mean we're we're clutching at straws and uh, and and there. Are, I don't think we're clutching at straws in this in that. And obviously we're from, but I think it's just because we just know football has just become that way that we shouldn't be surprised if something like that happens. Happen. I think anything that last sentence in that in that statement sort of acts as a, a palate cleanser, doesn't it? In the sense that we've now okay, right, that is the end of that, and then in a month's time, if they went. That was the line drawn there. The line in the sand was drawn there. No. Now let's start our negotiations. Since that's in the way, yeah. we have ultimately, yeah. Yeah. ultimately, the now it's going to be down to, as Andy said before, if this transfer ever happens, at any point it's down to Southampton and Virgil van Dijk to initiate it. That's it ha- the, that has to happen. Well, I don't think, I, I think Southampton will, I don't think no matter how bad, I, I don't think there's any chance of it happening personally because I don't think no matter how bad it gets between van Dijk and Southampton, Southampton's PR would look terrible then if they sort of had Liverpool on their hands and knees groveling and then sort of go back down to them cap in hand and going, can we have the 60 million now, please? But, but there's a scenario they can you know, take say, to their say, supporters, say, yeah, isn't there, where they can say, look, they, we, we, we held our ground, yeah, we made that, them look idiots. The, the, yeah, the thing that came out from the uh, the reports down on the South Coast this morning is that Southampton have taken back control and I think that's a big thing because they felt as though they weren't in control of their player who they're paying still paying every single week <laughs> an awful lot a decent wage on a contract a six year contract that he signed last year so they from their point of view they're like hang on a minute no he's our player We're, we are going to decide how this works and at the moment, the decision is Liverpool and you can understand why to do with him could you yeah. imagine if, if Coutinho was doing this with Barcelona 
Yeah. You know, absolute unbelievable fume if that was happening. So you can understand well, Southampton's viewpoint here. It's it's in a way, it's a little bit like Chelsea with Lukaku last season, or I think it was Chelsea with Stones, wasn't it? Mm. You could tell that something. But the diff, it's not. I say in a way, but Chelsea actually did actually go up to Everton and make a bid, and they just resisted. Everton just resisted and stood firm, and Southampton are standing firm. And there wasn't, firm and, and, and in a thus there was way, no threat a of, a of a Premier League. Exactly, yeah. yeah. There was no threat of a Premier League action, but it's the manner that Everton stood firm is what I was trying to get at. That's what Southampton are doing. Yeah. And if when a club does that and they're under contract, you know, people say that these contracts aren't worth anything, the, but the, the, they're proof from their point many, of view that many people out there in football, you might imagine, will sort of applaud the way this has all gone on in the sense that. Virgil van Dijk is contracted to 2022 at Southampton. Um, Liverpool aren't in a position to say, really, by the by the letter of the law, that the player wants to come to us, because that, that's a breach of the guidelines. Uh, Southampton have gone, you've breached the guidelines there, I'm going to go to your man down at the Premier League who organises these things, put in the complaint. And the Premier League, we know, I spoke to the Premier League yesterday, their view was that they would ask for Liverpool for their observations on what had gone on, and clearly Liverpool's observation was, uh-oh. Oopsie. <laughs> and, 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 and Is that the time we must and, be going? And, and, and if, if, as has been suggested, um, you know, in the last few minutes, that, that, that this then ends, the Premier League looking at, I think we can absolutely put two and two together um, and suggest that this was all part Liverpool making that go away and, and ending that threat because essentially the possibility and threat of that happening was f- potentially far more damaging than the albeit hopefully significant impact Van Dyke could have had at the heart of Liverpool's defence. The cynical way or the cynics who might look at this, who are certainly the detractors for Fenway Sports Group, might say that perhaps they just saw that the price was £75 million and just went not paying that. But But... I, I, I'm not saying that. No, it's priceless. Bad, good PR, bad PR. Yeah. You can't put a price on it. But it doesn't. FSG a, could, a, a could few simply. People, a few people on social media have insinuated that saying that it's just them. FSG funny. could simply have said, and a significant proportion of the fan base would have accepted it. I think seventy-five million pounds for a defender. What would that have made him? The third most expensive footballer in history mm. for a centre back is too much. Um, we want to pay a fair price and we'll go and pay a significant fee for another very good centre defender. And that's maybe where we should look at it, Ian, in terms of what you were saying, that this is em- embarrassing rather than than anything else because mm. Liverpool still have some very good defenders at the club. They will add some other very good defenders even if the unlikely scenario we played out on Van Dijk doesn't happen. Um, it, it's, it's hugely disappointing and I know everyone listening to this will be furious and critical of the club, and 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 we are a, 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 as well. But it we haven't we haven't even dropped a point, or do you know what I mean? Tra- the transfer window hasn't even the opened transfer yet. window hasn't even opened. It's just there was a scenario playing out, which was a significantly positive addition to the playing squad. It was a statement because I wrote the piece in the wake of of the, of the you know the revelation that that Van Dijk wanted to come to Liverpool, saying that for whatever reason, however it was, however it ended up being, that Jurgen Klopp and Liverpool, that vision has won him over. That was the statement. I mean, even if it doesn't come, which it looks like he's almost certainly not going to come, that in some way still stands though, doesn't it? But that vision is one thing, but then this other side is, that's the embarrassment. 
because I'm going to ask the question now, what happens next for Liverpool in terms of what they do in the transfer window? Because they've got, you know, there's two deals currently well, in, in, in being lined up at the moment. I, I, I think, Mohamed, I think... Mohamed Salah, or Salah as you, you call him, and uh, I forgot his name. Nabi Keita? No, the Sporting Lisbon guy. Martins. Oh, Gelson yeah, Martins as well. It. Well, first and foremost with uh, Mohamed Salah, I think Roma are going to be going back and going... You really could do with this player now, couldn't you? How about another ten million? I think this is going to have an impact on Liverpool and negotiations. To be honest, I can see clubs that Liverpool want to do business with. They know they've got now they've got a sixty million pound hole being in their back pocket. They know that they will be desperate for some positive PR, and I think Liverpool will will also be very much keen to get a deal like Salah put through. To be honest, because. They, they can't be seen missing out on another target like this, albeit in a completely different circumstance. If you're another club, though, are you thinking, I don't really want to do business with Liverpool, even if they're offering no, loads of money? No, or, is it, or is it prag? Or is no, because they know it. Pragmas. You know what? Every club is thinking. Every club is thinking. I don't want to do business with Sam I, I know what you're going to say now. I know exactly what you're going to say. There, but for the yes, grace of yes, God, yes. go us all. For those of the clubs out there who, who, who are religious, <laughs> um, they, that's exactly what they're thinking because they all do it. And anyone out there who thinks this isn't going on with every... Virtually, uh, the, the days when you know you hear people like Phil Neal and, uh, and people like this... Uh, I remember reading Steve Nichols' book this year when he, he, he was called into the... Air United's manager's uh, office and told that there was a bid for Liverpool and the assistant manager was driving them down. Those are those are the, the old thing, days. The, amount, the amounts of deals that I've heard of, of, of being agreed in the car park at the petrol station at Haydock Island to <laughs> the M6, the East Langs. But that can't happen anymore because of social media and people. So that yeah. has to be done in a different way. It's done in a different way. And it's also because, you know, ultimately because of Bosman going back, it's players who who call the shots. And this is this is an interesting development and it, it may, well, I'll tell you where, it could have a knock-on effect. If Van Dijk doesn't get his move or wherever, which I still think is unlikely, I think he'll get a move somewhere, but he's obviously, if he doesn't get his move to his preferred club, it, 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 players may think a little longer about signing that extra extension in the thought that, well, if I want to go, I'll be able to go anywhere. I think players might have a second fourth all joining Southampton, to be honest. I mean, I, I can see where they're coming from, I see why they do it. If you're a player, you're thinking, let's face it, Southampton for, for good players are a stepping stone. In the same way, and I'll probably get a bit of flack for this, but the same way Liverpool, in a way, are a bit of a stepping stone for, let's say, Real and Barcelona. Now, if Liverpool refused to, you look at like Suarez, Alonso, Mascarano, they had, hadn't had any inclination of selling them to Barcelona and Real. You wouldn't see other really good players come to Liverpool, you know, that's the case. It's a level down with Southampton. I don't think your players like Van Dijk would have gone to Southampton if they didn't think. This would be a move to a Liverpool or a Chelsea or an Arsenal, Manchester City, Manchester United. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it might have a, a knock-on for them as well because they'll be thinking, well, OK, Liverpool were, were naughty, naughty schoolboys over this deal and they got caught red-handed and whatnot. But at the same time, if this is the way they're going to act when, when yeah. I'm under contract to them. It feels like Southampton have, have almost broken a sort of... An unspoken a, code. Yeah, a, a, gentleman's, a, yeah. La yeah. style murder, as the Mafia call it, where everybody is working under these different rules, which aren't the Premier League rules, but as long as you don't uh, extract the Michael... Um, well, we because will... the, the other way of looking at it is, though, everybody's been working under these rules and then Liverpool, for whatever reason, have just slipped Slightly out, slipped slipped out of them and so Southampton have just pulled them to task. It's, it's, it, it's, it's a genuinely astonishing few days in... In a, in an industry that has the potential to astonish you most weeks anyway, and um, 
you, do you feel as though you? I know you mentioned before about the possibility of a of a transfer ban. Do you feel as though we've seen Atletico Madrid at the moment have had theirs with it? And I know these are completely different situations, circumstances, because it was to do with I think it was to do with poaching youngsters mm. at a young age. Barcelona, uh, Real Madrid, Atletico Madrid, three of the biggest clubs in the world, or certainly at the moment. They've all had transfer bans where they didn't overturn them, so there's nothing to stop. Madrid, Madrid did get those. Oh, so Real Madrid did get those, sorry, yeah. yeah. Let's go Madrid, though, still stands. And Barcelona did as well. Barcelona had to sign two players yeah. and then couldn't play them yeah. until January. So if they can get a transfer ban, but uh, and I know the situations are different, and theirs is with UEFA or FIFA, I think it was, and Liverpool. Yeah. You know, we're jumping the gun a little bit again, but I think Liverpool, as you mentioned, this other you know, ban that they've got on the academy kids, not signing them from English clubs, they've literally just gone, hang on. They need to be white, don't white, don't they? Uh, absolutely. And the the one thing that's worth mentioning is you mentioned those clubs like Real got got done and won at the, on appeal at the Court of Arbitration for Sports because it was upheld on appeal at UEFA. Went to the Court of Arbitration, they, they got it knocked down. Um, and and Madrid, Atletico Madrid failed, and I can't remember these are the Barcelona Christian Christian will know it better than I. But but these are still in terms of where we move on from here. It's not what you think about when you think about Real Madrid or you think about Barcelona or even when you think about Atletico. Is it? You, it's not something that's gonna. I think, in the longer term, I think you can you can get over this, can't you? Yeah, but true. Look, but I think if there's one transfer window that Liverpool couldn't even afford to even miss a day of it, it would be this one coming simply because of the circumstances of where they've come under Jurgen Klopp and what's to come. Well, we haven't season. missed a day. It hasn't opened yet. <laughs> so they've, they've still, but it, yeah. It's, it's, it, I, I, all I'd say is, you know, bigger clubs even than, than Liverpool have, have had this played out and been found more guilty than Liverpool have been found guilty of anything and have got over it and we'd probably be pretty happy looking at some of their squads. It's a different scenario, as you say, Ian, because this is a vital window for Liverpool and they've, they've started off very badly in it. Do you agree with that? It's it's the worst possible stars. As I, as I said, when when it dropped last uh, yesterday, twenty four hours ago, whatever, you couldn't even imagine this would be the the worst case scenario. But that's what's happened, and there's a lot of work to do now. Not just getting a, a replacement centre back, but just basically getting absolutely everything remaining in this transfer window right. And restoring a lot of faith from the club's fans. Well, I think that should just about do us, Jonas, for our uh, next. Podcast, whenever that is, and well, God knows what will be happening then. It could be anything. Talking about Virgil van Dijk, coming to Anfield. Cheerio.